And so verse 21, he says, And that they may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may be also one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Notice again the unity and the oneness that we have with the Lord, with the Father, and with one another. Every creature's unique in a song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jesus envisioned the great multitude before the throne of God of every nation, race, language, class, and social level. Jesus prayed that they might rise above their different backgrounds and understand their unity, that they may all be as one. It's as if Jesus prayed with this in mind, Father, I have prayed for the unity of the disciples you gave me, yet they are all Galileans from this time and place. There will be countless others who also become disciples, and they will come from every nation, language, culture, class, status, and from every age through the rest of history. Father, make them all one. Now here's Pastor Rob might be fulfilled. Paul the Apostle, by the Spirit, gave this title also to the Antichrist, who will become sh- be coming shortly uh, onto the stage, on the world stage. Speaking of the Antichrist, Paul said, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. And so Paul is uh, equating this phrase, son of perdition, with the Antichrist, who is going to be a man, a, a politician more, more than likely, who is going to be literally possessed by Satan himself. And don't think that he's going to walk around all ugly and, you know, and, you know, spitting green pea soup and his head spinning around and all that stuff. No, when he's possessed by the devil, he's going to be the swiftest, smoothest operator you've ever seen. He's going to, he's going to walk just rightly. He's going to speak all languages. He's going to look at the woman, the women and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, he's so wonderful. And the guys are going, wow, this guy is so charismatic. He's got all the right words. He can speak. He's got all the right degrees. He went to Yale. He went to Oxford. Oh my goodness, the guy, he looks great. He's dressing great. He just looks like, wow. Everything I don't want to be isn't him. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be like what we think. And good news is that we won't be here to see him. But the world is going to fawn over him and they are going to go after him like a thirsty dog to a pond. They're going to go after him. I like this because when Jesus said this in verse 12, Judas had already left the disciples. He left the group when they were in the upper room to continue his treachery. And so, so much for Calvinism. Calvinism says, well, you know, uh, God is sovereign completely and God knows who's going to come to him and everybody else is damned to hell. They don't have a, a choice in the matter. But let me ask you this. If God was only sovereign and man had no choice in the matter of his salvation and his course of life, then why was Judas Iscariot even chosen to be among the twelve in the first place 
when God the Father and God the Son knew he would eventually betray Jesus. That's one for the Calvinists to sort out. The Lord knew who Judas was when he chose him, but yet he chose him. And why is that? Because Judas had the same opportunities to believe and to receive Christ like the rest of them, but his own heart, he would not. And he was the only one out of Jesus' fold, out of all those 12, he says only one is lost, the son of perdition. And it's not because Jesus didn't give him the opportunity. It wasn't somehow written in the books to where Judas had no opportunity. No, Jesus gave him every opportunity up to the very end to receive him. In fact, even in the upper room, you remember, he made him the guest of honor. That's where Judas was seated, right to the left of Jesus in that triclinium. That was the place of the guest of honor. And Jesus made him the guest of honor that night. And that man, out of his own heart, his own decision, he chose to betray Jesus Christ. He had every opportunity, just like Peter and John and the rest of them. But he would not. He would not. But he had every opportunity. And God knew this. And yet, he chose him to begin with. He chose him. Jesus, <laughs> what does it tell us? G- John, uh, Jesus, in John chapter 6, Jesus answered them, and he says, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. And even in the Old Testament, there were scriptures that prophesied of a man who would come alongside Jesus and betray him. And we know his name now. The Bible didn't tell us his name, but it was certainly Judas. In Psalm 41, David says, Even my own familiar friend whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. And in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse, beginning in verse 15, it says this, And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, and this was around the day of Pentecost, although the number of the names was about 120, and he said, Men and brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas. Yes, David prophesied, in the Spirit prophesied of Judas, and Peter says that right here. The scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David, a thousand years before it happened, by the way, concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his entrails gush out. That's kind of nice right before lunch, isn't it? And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem, so that the field is now called in their own language, in their own language, a Kaldama, which is the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, and here it is. Let his dwelling place be desolate, and no one live in it. And so Peter is quoting from Psalm 69, speaking of Judas. And then he goes on, and he says, And let another take his office, or his bishopric. And that was, and that was his, his order, his 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 being an apostle. And that was in Psalm 109, verse 8. So Judas was following his own heart. God just had the wonderful advantage of being omniscient and omnipresent. But now I come to you, Jesus said, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And I have given them your word, Jesus says to the Father. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. 
I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Yes, this sounds very reminiscent of that model prayer in Matthew chapter 6 where it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Same thing here. And he goes on and he says, These are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So verse 17, he says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Literally purify or consecrate them. Set them apart from the world and unto me. That's what sanctification is. To be set apart from something and set apart to something. And folks, we're in either one of those two camps. You're either set apart to the world or you're set apart to Christ. But we as Christians, oftentimes we like to have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And you're going to be a miserable Christian if that's your experience. I would encourage you to make the step, to take the step, and get fully in. And forsake those things of the world. It doesn't mean that you have to quit your job and you have to you know, divorce your wife. And No, you have to live in the world, but the, you're not supposed to be of the world. <laughs> Think of how long it took God to get the Israelites out of Egypt. It took them just a couple of months to get them um, out of Egypt. Or actually one night, actually. But it took them 40 years to get the world out of them. And it still wasn't complete. The world was still in them. And yet he delivered them. And, and the same is true for us. And we need to forsake those things. And get fully in. I would encourage you to just make your calling and your election sure. Because the Lord loves you. There's no better time than the present. No better time than the present. And notice what it says in verse 18. And you have sent me into the world and I have also sent them into the world. And again, we see this in the Great Commission. We already looked at this, that, you know, to go into all the world and to make disciples. But notice in verse 19 now, he says, and for your sakes, I, and for their sakes, excuse me, I sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified. What? By Fox News? By Dan Bongino? By Joe Rogan? No. Sanctified them by the truth. Remember he said, your word is truth. Jesus, being our example, he does first what he asks us to do. He says, I have sanctified myself, that they may also be sanctified by the truth. See, the other religious gurus in the world, they will tell you, do as I say, but just don't do as I do. Do what I tell you to do, even though I'm not doing it. No, Jesus says, no, do what I tell you to do, and I'll show you how to do it. I'm going to do it, and I want you to follow me. <laughs> That's what a good shepherd does. A bad shepherd would say, yeah, go out in the middle of the stream. I know it's raining, and the, it's about ready to flood and everything, but, you know, you go out, and then I'll follow. That's the world's leaders. That's the world's religious leaders. The sheep get sacrificed for the guru who needs his house in Palm Springs. But God says, no, I'm going to go out and I'm going to lead, I'm going to lead by example. And ultimately, I'm going to lead by example right to the cross and I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die for you. And therefore, you ought to die to yourselves. We don't need, literally need to physically die, but we need to die to our passions and our lusts and those things that we know aren't good in the Bible that separate us from God, that fellowship. 
And so finally in verse 20, Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, but also, and here's the break, and here's for all believers. Here's the next section of where we're going to finish up here in just a few moments. Jesus says, I don't pray for just my disciples now alone, but also, notice, for those who will believe in me through their word. You notice that? This is us. That's every one of us in this room. Everyone who's sitting in a church in America and in the world right now, this is what he is speaking of. I do not pray for these alone, these 12 or these 11 here, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to go back in some kind of family tree? You know, I know the man who led me to Christ, but I wonder who led him to Christ. And then, you know, the person or the people responsible for speaking truth into him that caused him to be, to give his heart to Christ. And it all goes back and, you know, folks, if you trace your spiritual lineage going backwards, it'll take you right to the apostles. It'll take you right back to the 12. It will. It'll take you right back there. And you and I are the beneficiaries of their ministry. And so then it behooves us then to continue on this ministry. It can't stop with us. And that's why God has given us the command, the the great commission. Go and teach them. And, and baptize them. Make disciples. In order to make a disciple, they've got to come to Christ first. But then, teach them. Make them disciples. And then baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. And so verse 21, he says, And that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be also one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Notice again the unity and the oneness that we have with the Lord, with the Father, and with one another. I don't know about you, there's no greater feeling, no greater family. You know, you think about how many people today are without their family, and maybe they have broken homes or, or, or disjointed homes or you know, houses that are broken up, which is most families. And yet people who, whose mother and father have forsaken them or family members that have forsaken them have found a home and have found a big family in the church. And they feel they, they belong because they've got the father, they've got the son, they got the Holy Spirit, they got all of us, and they feel like they belong. They're no longer the, the, the shoe that doesn't fit. No, they're, they're very much into the family of God. Have you found that? I pray that you do. I pray that our fellowship would even become more like that. That we would reach out to each other and really encourage one another and love each other, regardless of all the problems that we have and our personality quirks. I mean, that happens. But, you know, to love each other in spite of those things. And instead of seeing people as enemies and, oh, she's, there's something wrong with him, instead of being an antagonist, why don't you pray for them and be an intercessor and be their friend instead of being their enemy? You know how many churches break up and how many people there's problems in churches because of our immaturity? I'm not saying that you are immature. I know I have been immature. And at times, my wife can attest to this if she's watching online, um, I have been immature too. You know, every now and then I'll just, I'll, I'll do something that's just, what's wrong with you? Well, many things, too much to m- mention right now, right? But that's the thing, the oneness, the unity, and we can have that in Christ. And we have that here, and I pray that it only continues. Love each other. Isn't that what Jesus told his disciples? Love each other. Have compassion on one another. So, and then Jesus goes on in verse um, 
22, and he says, And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are, and I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in love, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have gave me... that Excuse me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Where is Jesus? Right now, where is he? He's in glory, isn't he? He ascended 40 days after his resurrection. He ascended into heaven. And what did he tell us in John 14? And this is what he told them. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, guess what? I will come again. That's a promise that he has made. He is not going to leave us here on the earth while all hell breaks loose, while God is going to be judging this earth, which is coming soon, by the way. He's not going to leave us to experience his wrath. Are we going to experience persecution before then? I believe we are, and we're already seeing it. Don't let it surprise you. But there is a point, there is a time when he is going to come, and we are going to be caught up. The dead in Christ will receive a new body. They will ascend with new bodies into the air to meet the Lord in the clouds. And then we which are alive and remain will be caught up and changed in the twinkling of an eye, and forever we will be with the Lord for seven years, we're going to be up with him at the marriage feast of the Lamb while all hell on earth is happening. When the floodgates come and the Antichrist is revealed and the wars and the, the pestilences and God's wrath poured out on a world that has rejected his only means of salvation, yes, and they will be worthy of it. And it breaks God's heart that they are going to be that way. But guess what? As much as God's love is, his wrath is also the same. He loves immensely. He would do. He did everything for us. He would do anything for you, and he has. But there are people who still, and it blows my mind why somebody would, you know, after all that God has done, could just put their fists in the air and say, I will not. It's madness. It's madness. No, I like my sins so much. I like the needle hanging out of my arm. I like, you know, messing up my family and sleeping around with a bunch of different people. And I love the destruction that's in my life. I love the, 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 all the stuff that's happening in my body and the diseases and the, the mental, you know, I'm just freaking out. I've got to take drugs to, make, you know, to get through the day. Why would you want that? Haven't we had enough time in the world? Isn't it time that we say enough? <laughs> you know, by the time I was 24, I had lived enough sin and rebellion in my life that I realized it's not all what it's cracked up to be. The devil promised me a whole bill of goods and he... Sin is pleasurable for a season. The Bible says that. But then the bill comes. Then the despair comes. Then the heartache comes. And the disgrace and the guilt. And then the pain and the destruction. That's the bill that has to get paid. And we can't pay it. Jesus paid it. Come to Christ. He goes on in the last two verses here. He says, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared to them your name. Notice, your name. 
and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. We are one in Christ, and we are one with the Father, and guess what? We are one with each other because of Christ, of what he's done and what he's doing in your life, in our lives together. Aren't you blessed? Aren't you blessed? Hallelujah! Yes! You know, love him, you know... Yeah, you know, give your heart again. Just If you're here this morning, or you're listening, or watching online, or whatever, change today. The, door, the Lord is knocking. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Will you accept? Will you open that door? Or will you, like the people in Revelation, when all hell is breaking loose, are you going to be one of those to stand up and say, I will not have this man rule over me, and I'm just going to do my own filthy you know, heroin addiction. I'm going, to, I'm going to continue in this way because it's the only thing that makes me feel good. And that's where the devil has got them. And God wants to set them free. Are you going to be like that? Or are you going to say, you know what, I've had enough. It didn't take me very long. I respond to pain really well. Whenever something's happening in my body even, where I'm really starting to feel pain, I'm the first one to run to my knees and say, Lord, what's going on? <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Even if I didn't do anything wrong, or even if I, I'm not sure of what I did wrong, I, I'm going to go to him and say, Lord, is this a result of my, my stupidity? Have I done something? And if not, Lord, I, I, I get that, and maybe it's just you know, part of life, and it is. But run to him. Have enough. Have enough of it. Give your heart to Christ today. And if you have not given your heart to Christ today, would you please come? You don't have to come up and, and, and have, have somebody pray for you. You can do it in the privacy of your own will, but do it today. Give your heart to Jesus. He, he's praying for you. He's been praying for this very moment, this day. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. All you've got is today. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Today is the day. And for those of you who have known Christ for a long time, continue to draw close. Continue to draw close to Him. And let Him love you. Let Him heal you. Call out to Him. Amen? Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this prayer of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're praying for us even right now. And Lord, there are some in this room or in the hearing of this message, Lord, that you, your heart, you, you've touched their heart. And Lord, help us to not take these moments like that for granted. Lord, may we run quickly to you. I pray for every hurting heart every heart that's broken for various reasons, would you please touch that broken heart? Would you please touch that soul that's in despair and has no hope? Would you do that today, Lord? And Lord, I pray you'd bless my brothers and sisters. I pray that you'd fill them to overflowing. Fill them with your spirit, God. Give them a purpose. Give them a an unction from you, Lord. Just bless them today, God, and all throughout this week. Encourage them. Keep them, Lord. Keep them as the good shepherd that you are. Keep us, Lord, in your fold. Keep us healthy. Make us healthier than we are. Keep us dependent upon you, Jesus. We ask it in Jesus' name.
That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.